Porta Fidei. Benedict XVI has published his apostolic letter called Porta Fidei, or Door of Faith in English. This document officially calls for the Year of the Faith. Welcome to Porta Fide. I am Valerie Soup. And I'm Father Jeff Kirby. And you are joining us for our special series that we're doing for this year of faith where we're studying the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Of course, we are celebrating the 20th anniversary of the Catechism this year. Um, and so we have been looking at different parts. Last week, we looked about how we can know God through creation and through looking at who man is. And today we're going to be looking more specifically about knowledge of God through his church. Father Kirby, would you mind just jump right in and maybe we can look at paragraph 36 in the Catechism? Absolutely, Valerie. Number 36 of the Catechism of the Catholic Church reads, Our Holy Mother, the Church, holds and teaches that God, the first principle and last end of all things, can be known with certainty from the created world by the light, natural light of human reason. Without this capacity, man would not be able to welcome God's revelation. Man has this capacity because he is created in the image of God. Opening quote there is uh, from the First Vatican Council. Mm. Of course, the First Vatican Council was arguing against rationalism, the belief that reason could alone explain everything. So uh, certainly some, some heavy theology there, but I think we're going to be able to, to break that down a little bit. Father, first, when I think about this, it draws to mind something I know I've heard you talk about before, that question of do you need religious faith in order to believe in the existence of God? You know, it would be one of those great Jeopardy questions you could just throw out to people. And most people who hear that question would say, well, of course, of course we need religious faith in order to acknowledge God's presence. But actually, as Catholics, we'd say false. Mm. False. One does not have to have religious faith in order to acknowledge the existence of God because the existence of God can be known by the natural light of human reason. Mm. So one can believe in the existence of God while not believing in God. Of course, a very important distinction there. In English, it's a little harder to make that distinguish, but we can certainly understand that. I, I believe you exist, Valerie, mm. but whether I believe in you is a very different question. Yes. You know, so yes, very, very important. And of course, this beginning of this number 36 of the Catechism of the Catholic Church raises that exact question. You know, how can we know God and know of his existence? So we can know the existence of God by natural reason, but then the Catechism is pretty straightforward and honest to admit that oftentimes we have difficulties coming to that knowledge of God. It's possible through natural reason, but sometimes there's some difficulties and some obstacles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, the Catechism, will talk about this in paragraph 37, so I'll re read this real quick for our listeners. It says, In the historical conditions in which he finds himself, however, man experiences many difficulties in coming to know God by the light of reason alone. And then they're going to quote here, I believe, from that First Vatican Council. Though human reason is, strictly speaking, truly capable by its own natural power in light of attaining to a true and certain knowledge of the one personal God who watches over and controls the world by his providence, and of the natural law written in our hearts by the Creator, 
Yet, there are many obstacles which prevent reason from the effective and fruitful use of this inborn faculty, for the truths that concern the relations between God and man wholly transcend the visible order of things, and if they are translated into human action and influence, they call for self-surrender and abnegation. The human mind, in its turn, is hampered in the attaining of such truths, not only by the impact of the senses and the imagination, but also by disordered appetites, which are the consequences of original sin. So it happens that men in such matters easily persuade themselves that what they would not like to be true is false, or at least doubtful. There is some good stuff there. There There is. some good stuff there. I tell you, as we look at number 36 and, and then 37 of the Catechism of the Catholic Church, what I like about the whole point is, first and foremost, that at a time when so many things seem to be dividing us, whether it's political views or views of morality or whether it's culture or race or gender or whatever it might be, it just seems that there are a lot of sources of division in our world right now. Yet in the midst of all that, the church makes this radical claim that it doesn't matter who you are or what you believe or what race you're a part of or what gender you are. None of that, in the end, will unite us. But what ultimately unites us, and, and the church gives us this primal source of unity, which is that we can all come to know God, mm. our creator, by the natural light of human reason. So it doesn't matter if you're a Muslim or Jewish, if you're a Christian, if you're a Hindu or Buddhist, we can all believe and come to know God, his existence, um, by the light of natural human reason. And that's just amazing mm. because, again, in a, in a place where so many division is there, there's a, a strong source of unity. And I'm, I'm sure, Valerie, I know you did some... A missionary work in India, so I'm curious. I'm sure you yes, could probably so comment I, on that. So yes, definitely. I think that was something that was really encouraging and probably surprising to a degree because I you know, I spent some time in India and of course the Hindu religion before I really experienced it firsthand. What I knew about it, it seemed like it would just be so foreign and in many ways it's hard to see some of the things that were happening there. But when I talked with actual Hindu people there is that common acknowledgement of there being a God. We can all agree that there is a creator um, and we're united in that and that there is a God who is in control. I met some wonderful people in Delhi who were at a Sikh temple and we were able to have this wonderful, respectful dialogue built on that foundation. Absolutely. And also on previous shows, we've spoken a lot about secularism, principally in the West, where Really, the belief in God or these type of things aren't really important. Or if mm-hmm. you want God, that's fine. It's a nice hobby. You know, like you have God, like I like to golf, you know. Like mm-hmm. it's, you know, And yet in the midst of all that, a real desire for community and for communion. Mm-hmm. And yet here we see in this basic teaching of the Catechism of the Catholic Church, as you're describing in India, which I mean, really, could we get any far diverse than India and yeah. say the modern Western you know, person? Mm-hmm. And yet, even in the midst of that, as you're describing, and I very much appreciated uh, your story and, and just that source of unity. Mm-hmm. And that's so important. But I also want to ask you, and, and maybe being devil's advocate a little bit, because, yeah. of course, this quote from number 37 of the Catechism mm-hmm. of the Catholic Church that you quoted as far as the changing or misunderstanding of God mm-hmm. and, and various things, I'm sure you probably saw a lot of that in some of the people over there in India, mm-hmm. just out of curiosity. Mm-hmm. I think the part in 37 that really sticks out to me is when it talks about how man can be hindered from coming to a knowledge of God 
by his disordered appetites, by sin and his the appetites of his passions. And that last sentence, it says, so it happens that men in such matters easily persuade themselves that what they would not like to be true is false or at least doubtful. So acknowledging that we humans have this power of rationalization and we rationalize things. And so I think I did see in India, but I think you can see that here too, people rationalizing and twisting the truth in such a way where it's not true and it's false, but they are so caught up in that they just rationalize it and they are able to persuade themselves that what is actually false is true. For our listeners, on the one hand, it's beautiful, this unity we can have with those of other religions. However, I will also say from personal experience that I can also see darkness that is there too because the enemy can get in there and he likes to twist things so that it, it looks to be true. He's the deceiver, the father of lies. And so there's there's that aspect too of they start with this truth, but then without the guiding help of the church, which we're going to get into, without that yes. that extra help that the church gives us from their fallenness, when they make their own conclusions, they are led, unfortunately, terribly astray to where they have these gods that are violent. And some people that I met really lived in fear of these different gods. Absolutely. And, you know, that's the part that I find very intriguing in that by the light of natural reason, we can come mm -hmm. to an understanding of God, to a knowledge of God. Yet, as the church was saying, especially in uh, number 37 of the Catechism of the Catholic Church that you read earlier, Valerie, is that, that really without that help of revelation and faith, as you say, we're definitely going to be getting to that in our show as well, but reason by itself can only take us so far, mm -hmm. and reason by itself is actually very fragile, <laughs> and there's not a whole lot of help there. So, for example, you have the person who is born in India, who has this natural desire for God, we, we've spoken about that in a previous show, who through his reason or her reason is, is trying to understand this God that they desire, that that is this desire, of course, within them that they're they're urging towards and so on. And yet shadows begin to be perceived as light mm -hmm. or portions begin to be absolutized. And so in the end, what we can have is perhaps a person or an entire culture that begins to worship over 400 gods and gods who, as you're saying, are violent or manipulative or mm -hmm. even hurtful to humanity. Mm -hmm. And that ultimately changes the view of the true God. Of course, we know that, that God is one, <laughs> you know, and and he is good. Mm -hmm. you know? And yet reason by itself, especially as you were describing as fallenness, can take us to all kinds of places, you know. And of course, in India, we see it explicitly there mm -hmm. in a cultural form and, and so on. But let's look at just the average secular person in the United States mm. who begins maybe to feel this desire for God, this transcendental power of the soul. And, and they begin to desire God, but as they hear more or think they hear more about the revealed God, the true God, and they think, well, I don't like that, or that doesn't appeal to me, or God wouldn't ask that of me, or all these things that, that we do to justify. And so what they start to do, and, and perhaps even a little more maliciously than the devout person in a religious culture, but they start to even consciously change God. Mm. Because when it's just reason, then reason can be manipulated. And suddenly, well, God's okay with abortion. God's okay with gay marriage. God's okay with adultery. God 
becomes basically whatever we want mm-hmm. and we start to do that and and if it's just reason then there's nothing there to keep us in check you know and very quickly the god of reason as some of our theologians would say the god of aristotle and plato you know eventually this god really just becomes a reflection of ourselves mm-hmm. a projection of who we want to be or what we're doing or various things you know so reason left alone it can be uh, kind of dangerous. Reason is this wonderful thing, but there's that beautiful dynamic of we have to have reason and faith together. Um, a lot of what you were saying was reminding me of Blessed John Paul II's encyclical Fides et Ratio, Faith and Reason, and just how they go together. And if we uphold reason and venerate reason and love reason, but it has to have faith with it to guide it. If any of our listeners are just joining us, we wanted to remind them that we are doing our episode of Porta Fide, and I am Valerie Soup. Father Jeff Kirby. Thank you for joining us. Um, We are looking at paragraphs 36 through 38 of the Catechism of the Catholic Church, and we are talking about difficulties that man can encounter in trying to come to the knowledge of God and how we can know God by natural reason, but that's not enough. We can know about God's existence, but we need more revelation to know more about who God really is. Absolutely. You know, in fact, one person said to me, uh, you know, this whole reason, faith, church thing, um, I like that, you know, all, mm-hmm. you know, thing. Okay, but we'll yeah. roll with it, you know, and they said, well, you know, I'm, I'm trying to understand all this. And, and I said, okay, well, well, what's your understanding? And so on. They said, well, I don't know all the language and, and, and so on. And, I don't know, Valley, maybe some of our listeners are saying the same. That that these quotes that we've given so far from from the Catechism of the Catholic Church are are, are pretty heavy, you know. And so they are. Oh, uh, the language, and so, you know. But this person, says, I don't know all the language, but I think I got it. Let let me explain it like this. I said, okay, <laughs> this could be really entertaining too. They said, well, uh, reason, knowing the God of reason, that would be like reading a manual on how to play baseball. Okay, well, I'm following you. Well, then faith is like actually playing baseball and you kind of pick up the rules. Well, the church is like the umpire that makes sure that all the rules are followed and that everything is in order and baseball is baseball. <laughs> wow, you are not far from the kingdom of God. That's okay? awesome. And sometimes you know? people don't like the umpire, but you got to have them yeah, here. <laughs> Well said. That's excellent. I just thought that this person's summary, there it is. To any of our listeners are like, what is this quote, these church documents and the Catechism of the Catholic Church? What what are we talking about? Well, that's what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Can someone know baseball just by reading a manual on how to play? Of course. But is there a lot of room for misunderstanding or, you know, an incomplete understanding or just outright wrong understanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. It's only a book. It's only mm-hmm. a manual. You have to actually play the game and mm-hmm. be led by those who know the game and so on. So I think that's what we're saying, and maybe that'll help some of our listeners, that the church will always argue and fight for the dignity of reason. We forget that it was the church who started universities, yes. who started the education system in mm-hmm. the West. Like, mm-hmm. All these we take for granted that help develop our mm-hmm. reason, our intellectual abilities, those are things the church has mm-hmm. given to us. So scientific method. Scientific method, absolutely, absolutely. So these are things that if if this was a church that was anti-reason, well, you know, she'd be shooting herself in the foot. But of course, this is not. I mean, the Catholic Church supports reason mm-hmm. so much so that the church will not allow reason to absolutize itself. Mm. In other words, to make it more than what it is. You know, reason has to be 
reasonable. And that's the point that we're making. That Can we know God by the light of natural reason? Absolutely. Of course we can. We've said that a couple times in our show so far. Mm-hmm. You know. But is it enough by itself? No. Yeah. No. So, What do you think, Valerie? I think we got number 38 coming. I we've- like it. Yeah, let's, let's look at 38. I think it's just going to build on what we've been saying here. 38 reads, this is why man stands in need of being enlightened by God's revelation, not only about those things that exceed his understanding, but also about those religious and moral truths, which of themselves are not beyond the grasp of human reason, so that even in the present condition of the human race, they can be known by all men with ease, with firm certainty, and with no admixture of error. Wow. Well, again, big words, but Mm -hmm. very important and practical points. What the church is saying is that First, we definitely need the help of revelation and the enlightenment of God and the help of the church in regards to supernatural revelation. We're going to be talking more about that as our show moves along. But here it's saying not only do we need God's help in those supernatural truths, which we can only know by revelation. I'll just give a quick example. That the Trinity, we would never be able to reason ourselves to the Trinity. Mm. We would never be able to figure that out by ourselves. God had to reveal that. That's a revealed truth. We have to have revelation of faith to know that. But there are a lot of truths that we're saying in our show today that we can know about God, that he exists, that he's good, that he orders and facilitates the world. So all these things that we can know by reason The church is saying we need God's enlightenment, not just for those supernatural truths like the Trinity, but we also need God's help even in the natural truths. Mm. Because a lot of things that we've talked about here in our show today, that reason can be so fragile and so vulnerable, it can have a mixture of error. So here we're saying the catechism says we have to be prevented from an admixture of error. And we can certainly see that. The example that we've described of those in religious cultures in other parts of the world Mm-hmm. who have sought God but have never been helped mm-hmm. by revelation, mm-hmm. you, know, so, you know, systematically. Yes. But also that average secular person, of course. And that's really in our show what we want to focus on because it's that secular person, that aspect that can be in our own selves, but also in our neighbors and our loved ones, our family. Too. Yes. Well, Father, just reading that and then listening to you, it makes me think of the encyclical that Pope Paul VI put out, Humanae Vitae, which Uh-oh. of course— I think, Which one that's what, yeah, go ahead and tell our <laughs> listeners what that one's about. <laughs> yeah, so for those of you who don't know, Humanae Vitae is the encyclical on human life, and it came out in 1968 and was this bombshell. Why was it a bombshell, Valerie? It Come was on. Very controversial, and Pope Paul VI came out and said contraception is wrong. There it is. The church does not condone it. And this was when many people, correct me if I'm wrong, Father, but many people were expecting the church to say contraception is okay. But then Pope Paul VI came out very forcefully and strongly and said, no, contraception is wrong. Here's why. Absolutely. And there was a lot of discernment. And whenever the people say the church, you know, doesn't care, the church doesn't read the signs of the times, the church was very open to discernment, as you're describing, mm-hmm. Valerie, which is why people thought, oh, the church is going to go along with this like everyone else. Mm-hmm. But as the church discerned and researched and prayed, mm-hmm. and then Paul VI had to follow the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and say, no. I, I know you're getting to another point, but. We definitely have to let our listeners know, in case they didn't know, why this is going to be such a hot topic for, for many people. But go ahead, Valerie. I'm sorry, you are saying? The church's teachings on life, on why contraception is wrong, on why abortion is wrong, a lot of those teachings 
you can reason them out. You can use natural law and come to those conclusions through reason. However, because of the fragility of reason, but also because of our weakness, because of our fallenness and our disordered appetites, I think it's easy for us as humans to rationalize things and to try to persuade ourselves so what we want to be true is true when it's actually false. And so we have the church stepping in and helping, spelling it out for us and saying, no, this is what the church teaches. And as the catechism beautifully says, so that we can know with ease and with certainty these moral and religious truths. I just love this image of the church as our mother. The mother comes in and is protecting us and helping us. Maybe you could come to this conclusion yourself, but we're going to help you out and tell you this is the truth, and it spells it out for us. I'm so great help, and, and maybe the image of mother's a little bit better than umpire, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but as you're saying, and, and as the catechism of the Catholic Church is telling us, that that's exactly the role of the church, to help reason, to be reasonable, to help us understand who God is, what we can know by reason, mm. and then, of course, essentially what we can know in what God has revealed to us. Mm. So a few years ago, I was walking across a parking lot, and I saw this bumper sticker. It kind mm. of really bothered me. <laughs> so now I'll force that that bothersome spirit on all of our listeners. <laughs> but this bumper sticker said, you can't fit God in one box. Mm. And I've seen related bumper stickers of, of the same topic, you know, the idea mm. of that we, by revelation, that we would say that God has revealed himself and that we choose to bind ourselves, which is religion, to these body of truths that God has revealed, such as the Trinity. And when we decide to follow this, well, then what happens is that's us trying to squeeze God or fit God in a box. This bumper sticker mm-hmm. tells us we can't do that. Mm-hmm. But actually, I see the exact opposite here. Mm. You know, in that one who understands a lot of what we're talking about in number 36 to 38 in the Catechism of the Catholic Church is that it's not that we are squeezing God in a box. God has allowed himself and placed himself in a box in order for us to understand him. Mm. But let's get beyond the box image. What it is is basically God is showing us what we can know by reason is revealing inner truths about himself that we could never know. And he does that simply out of love. So that we can know who he is. Because we can only love what we know. Yeah. And God is trying to show us. And the role of the church is to make sure that this body of knowledge, this revealed truth, this natural truth, is understood. Because if we follow something that's not real, it's going to hurt us. And if we love something that we know, but we know it incompletely or falsely, then our love begins to be disordered. So this is very important touches the very essence the nature of who we are mm. as human beings and number 36 to number 38 in the catechism of the catholic church are essential reading and understanding deep a lot of language there we talked about that mm. but it's a really practical important truth when we read how we need that enlightenment and one of the difficulties in us coming to a further knowledge of god are things that transcend the visible reality, the visible order of things. And so I couldn't help but thinking of the real presence in the Eucharist. And that has played just a really pivotal role in my own personal discipleship. For listeners, I am a convert to the Catholic faith, and it was really the Eucharist that drew me in. And that's something that the doctrine of the real presence, believing that this is not merely bread and wine, but it is truly the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, that is something that is totally beyond our senses, is beyond the visible order of things. 
I thought it was crazy the first time I heard about it, honestly. <laughs> so I think that's a wonderful example of something that's beyond our human understanding, that natural light of reason, where we need the the church's help. And that's where God revealing himself, like as you were saying with the Trinity, we couldn't have figured that out on our own. Same thing with the Eucharist. You know, God had to reveal that to us, gave us that beautiful gift, and then revealed it and explained it to us. And then we have the church, which, of course, continues to explain and hold up that truth. Also in the catechism, when it says to transform some of those truths that we can know from reason or the truths that the church will teach us that God revealed to us, to transform those truths into human action takes self-surrender. I thought of my own discipleship and thinking about the Eucharist and the surrender that had to take place in order to say, yes, I believe that's true. We've talked previously, we can know God through creation, through man, but then lastly and most powerfully and perfectly, I guess, through faith. And it takes that act of faith to really come to a true knowledge of God. And it's when we surrender that we really are able to encounter God and get to know Him instead of just knowing about Him. Absolutely. I tell you, Valerie, that was powerful. And I think, you know, when we begin to really explore the mystery and the beauty mm. of revealed truth, of these supernatural truths, the the Blessed Trinity, the a real presence of the Lord in the Eucharist, all these powerful things, we begin to really see how skeletal and how manual-like the knowledge of God just by reason can be. Yeah. It's like, wow, it's just so bare and skeletal, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and once we begin to realize, so for example, natural reason will tell us, well, God exists. Well, Revelation tells us he's a personal God. Mm-hmm. And natural religion will tell us, well, he's all-powerful. And revealed religion will tell us, He's father. Mm. And natural religion tells he knows all things. Mm-hmm. And revealed religion tells us he's savior who's died for you. And we just go back and forth that it's the revealed religion that just fleshes out and helps us to understand. We begin to realize that natural knowledge, which we need, and it's a part of it and it helps revealed religion. But that natural knowledge is just a skeleton. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like It's just the tip of the iceberg. There are so many more things and depths and beauty waiting for us mm. when we're willing to say as you were just describing valerie i believe mm. i don't know why i believe <laughs> there are times when i there you know there's that wrestle with unbelief but in the midst of life in the midst of all the ups and downs and all arounds that nevertheless uh, i believe yeah. i believed you know and we're definitely going to be picking up that theme uh, in our uh, show uh, Porta Fide, as we talk about and continue to talk about the catechism of the catholic church during this year of faith. Wonderful. Well, Father, I think as we wrap up, would you mind um, closing us in a prayer? It'd be my pleasure. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, Heavenly Father, you have opened for us the doors of faith, and we ask you to continue to give us the grace to walk through that door every day, to allow us in the midst of the struggles, the difficulties, the joys, and the triumphs of life, to always know of your presence, that you are a personal God who loves us, who has died in order to save us. We turn to you now. We ask for the help of your Spirit that we might always walk in your ways. And we ask this to Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is Father Jeff Kirby. You can reach me at charlestonvocations.com as well as on Facebook, also Charleston Vocations. Hope you visit our website or visit us on Facebook. Thanks. And this is Valerie Soup. You can reach me at the website catholicyoungadultsofsc.com 
That's Catholic Young Adults of SC for South Carolina.com. And you can also follow us on Facebook and on Twitter.